0: someone asks me what I do for a job. I say I'm a speech therapist and I like wasn't even mentioning my Instagram account. And one day I was like, "Why? Why am I not mentioning that job?" So I really had to dig into why I was feeling that way. Like, do I feel like my job as a speech therapist is, is more worthy than my job as an uh, Instagram content creator? They're both businesses. I've built them both from the ground up. They both require a lot of work. So I I'm trying to be like more proud.
1: Hey there, and welcome back to the show. If you're new here, welcome. I am your host, Rachel Todd, the girl who will be asking all of the questions, but more importantly, the person getting inspired by my guests who have accomplished a lot to get to where they are. You Might Be a Badass is a space where we sit back, kick off our shoes, and dig into the weeds of countless personal success stories. Don't let the might in the show's title fool you. Every person you will hear from is without a single doubt a badass. I speak with entrepreneurs, 9 to fivers stay-at-home moms, athletes, and basically everyone in between. My goal here is to discover the different depths in which we define what it means to be successful. Success means something different to every person, and ultimately, if you're pursuing your passions and living life to the fullest, you too just might be a badass. I am delighted to be joined by today's guest, Maria Roberts, who is actually someone I have been following and have been inspired by for years. Similar to my online wellness journey, Maria began crafting recipes with her sister, back in the days when Instagram was merely a tool to edit photos and post as a true highlight reel of your life. Since, she has pivoted into her own recipe sharing, mommy-focused brand called Spinach for Breakfast and is giving us all the juice on how she tackles it all while being a mother of two. Maria is also a speech therapist and opens up about why in the past she always felt like being a content creator wasn't something she led with When answering the age old question of what do you do? By the way, if you're loving this podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a rating and review to help make future episodes like this one possible. Hi, hi, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me, Maria.
0: For having me.
1: Of course. Um, For everybody who does not know who you are, if you can just give us a brief introduction of yourself.
0: Sure. So hi, everyone. My name is Maria Roberts. I am a speech pathologist. I'm the content creator behind Spinach for Breakfast, and I am a mom of two. A mom of two. Love it. And it's two
1: under, is it two under two?
0: No. So So Luca is going to be three next month. So he's- I still call him two and a half, and then Kaya is seven months.
1: Oh my goodness! Well, you certainly have your hands full, um, do, and all while during a pandemic. So I'm sure you've you've been keeping busy. <laughs> I've been keeping busy, exactly. <laughs> um, well, let's dive right into spinach for breakfast. Um, admittedly, that's how you and I connected. That's how I first discovered you. Um, Years ago, when I had actually started a blog with my brother, um, who wow. I texted, by the way, to be like, Guess who I'm interviewing tomorrow? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, we started this blog. It was called Fit the Journey. I, I don't really know where that came from at all, but it was right out of college. And <laughs> him and I were both like, Let's just try it out. Let's see what happens. We were both living in the same city for once. Um, and it like very quickly turned out to to not work out. But anyways, that was that was kind of you know early on. You guys were a really big um, you know inspiration for us of how to make it work as siblings. And um, anyways, yeah. Let's let's just let's get into you. Enough about me. Um, tell tell us a little bit about kind of the the start of Spinach for Breakfast.
0: Yeah. So it, it's funny. We my sister and I started. It was this is a long time ago. So this is before Instagram like was even a thing. And we were both living in New York City and we had done or we were going to do this 21 day clean program cleanse. And for that cleanse, you had to eat gluten-free, dairy-free, refined, sugar-free. But this was kind of like before the whole like paleo I don't want to call it a fad, but like before this is really common. So Mm -hmm. we were like, oh my God, like what the heck are we going to eat? So we started searching for recipes and we couldn't really find very much. So we were like, all right, let's kind of figure out some things that we can make. We'll throw it on a website, this like (laughs) really random website that we made ourselves. And it will just be ideas for people who are doing this clean program cleanse. They can come to our website and like, that's it. It was like very small side hobby. That's like all that we wanted it to be. And then Instagram came about. So we're like, all right, we'll kind of hop onto this platform. And that's where it really started to evolve. So the spinach for breakfast name was because we were drinking a green smoothie every morning. Like we were literally having spinach for breakfast. Um, and yeah, I mean, I feel like it's, we've definitely had like ups and downs. We've had our challenges. And now of course, um, if you come to my page, you'll see that it's just me. And, um, like my content is completely different from Mm -hmm. where I started out. Yeah. Yeah. So you and your sister were kind of
1: doing this together as, as you mentioned, it was a little bit more of just kind of like a fun project. Was it ever like a, let's pursue this in more of a, a business way? How did it sort of evolve in the beginning into more of a, an actual, brand, if
0: you will. Yeah, like yes and no. So we actually both always worked full time while doing spinach for breakfast. So this actually right now is the first time that I've ever been doing Instagram and not doing my other job. Mm. Um, And it's kind of just because it's been like an extended maternity leave, but um, she always worked full time in real estate. I, as I mentioned, I'm a speech therapist, so I was always working full time. So we kind of put in you know, nights and weekends, like any extra time we had, we put into it. And I think as we started to gain more followers and then we kind of started to have brands reach out to us and we were like, hey, this is actually something that we can do also as a job. So we started um, like taking it a little bit more seriously. And I think that is when we, again, like, you know, working with your brother, like it's tough. It's like the best thing in the world to work, like I'm so happy that I started this brand with my sister, and we're so close, and I feel like it made us so close. But we got to a point where our content just like wasn't really meshing anymore because mm-hmm. our lifestyles were so different. Um, so that's really when we decided it was best for me to take it over myself. And like now that it's just really me running the account, I am definitely treating it more now as a business than a hobby, I guess. Um, but it really, you know, it took a while I feel like to get there. Yeah. Are you guys, remind me, are you guys in the same city? So, so she's still in Manhattan and then I'm in Hoboken now, which is like right over the river. So we're still.
1: Okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you guys at least are somewhat nearby to be able to see each other. That's always really nice. Which is great. Yeah. To your point about, you know, content not meshing. Even when you do have kind of that that star in the sky of like where you both are trying to be and kind of the overarching message of the brand, I can totally relate to that. Like I remember, kind of the the straw that broke the camel's back for us was I posted a picture of um, like a cup of coffee in bed you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't me. It was literally just kind of like a top down, whatever, but it was aesthetic and, you know, the whole thing. And my brother was like, what is this? Like, this isn't what you, like you and me, I was like, no, but it's me, you know? So definitely a little bit of like a a meshing there. So now that you've, you know, sort of established it on your own, I, I, I guess briefly, how do you describe your content and what you're putting out there?
0: yeah, so now um I would say I'm kind of like a mom life account um, with some very simple recipes mixed in. okay. Um,
1: one of my favorite topics these days is just kind of like the evolution of Instagram. And I feel like you more than anyone, probably since you you know you started so early on, are are going to be a great witness to this. Um, do you feel like the content that you're putting out there is like vastly different or the way that you're approaching what you're putting out there is much different than when you first started out? And do you feel like it's, you know, for the better or are there any, are there
0: any sacrifices that you're making? Yeah, no, it's, oh my gosh. I'm trying to think back to, like when Instagram first started, I feel like, even though there's still the whole like Instagram as a highlight reel, like that phrase is still used a lot now. Mm -hmm. But I think back when it first started, I don't know if you agree with this as well. But like, I think it was very much more a highlight reel, like I feel like or maybe it was just the people that I was following, but it was like, really only the best, most like incredible moments that people were posting and there was an Instagram story. So like, I don't know, I feel like now people are really embracing like real life and real moments and like being a lot more real and candid and like stripped down on Instagram. So I like really love that. And I think Instagram stories have been a really great way for people to do that. Like even for myself, I feel like that is like such a great way for me to connect with people cuz it's just, you know, it's random moments of my life whenever I want to throw the camera on.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, to your point back in the beginning, the whole point of Instagram was more like you applied all of these different filters to use that photo elsewhere. Like looking back on my personal account, my first photos were like a picture of a flower. And yes. it was like, what <laughs> horrible, like grainy filter I could put on it, it to make, make it look artsy. Around it, same. Yes. No,
0: same. it was just not
1: even, it, it was bad. <laughs> yeah, so bad. So to your point, I do agree. And I think that it has sort of evolved into this space of being able to be more vulnerable. You know, people are being more open about different hardships that they have in life. People are being more open Absolutely. about you know, going to therapy and and all of these kind of real moments. And yes, you can't be quote unquote on, you know, 24 seven and showing every single thing that happens throughout your day. But I do think that it is kind of getting to a place where it's feeling a lot more authentic and a lot more relatable. And I think especially during the pandemic was when we sort of broke that down even further, right? Like following... Absolutely, an, an influencer or a celebrity who is staying at home and is in their pajamas and is watching TV the exact same way that yeah. you are, that was such a, a relatable moment of like, we're literally all in this together, which I, I found to be like, yeah. really awesome.
0: For <laughs> oh, sure. Exactly. And that's, and that's what I really love too, is um, people, you know, are really trying to, I feel like help others in any way that they can by just like you're saying, like sharing topics that are more vulnerable that um, others can relate to. What's your stance
1: on some of the more um, creative elements that are being introduced? So like reels, or even like IGTV? Are you feeling like you're leaning in and really loving them? I know that you are, are, Putting them out there, I'm, I I I see that, but I'm just wondering, like, kind of what your own personal take is of like, like oh, it's so exhausting to have to,
0: you know, put another element out there. I know. I feel like it's always like that's always the first reaction. Like, I feel like when it's like, oh boy, like, all right, now I have to like jump on this. But <laughs> yeah. I actually am really loving the reels. Like for me. I I don't do TikTok, like I never got onto that platform, but I watch them and I think that they are hilarious. Like I like the funny videos, like that's more for me. So like sometimes I'm on it and I just like, it makes me laugh. I send them to my friends, like they send them to me. And so like same with Instagram now with the reels, like I find them entertaining and I, if I think of a funny idea... I I like to record it and, you know, again, like sometimes they land and sometimes they don't, Yeah. but I, I do, I enjoy making them, um, IGTV, I actually used to do, I was just talking to my husband about that last night, but we did this, um, Maria buys it, Louis tries it segment where I basically was buying like health foods and then making him try it. And he is just very honest. Um, and it was something (laughs) my husband's like, so it was something that took off, but we haven't done it in honestly a while, like almost a year, I want to say. So we were just saying we need to do another one. Um, but that's the only kind of like IGTV that I've done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, I guess it is really nice, right?
1: Like it, it provides another element of like creativity, but yeah. I feel like, you know, it's challenging us to learn a new skill. I mean, I call it a skill because it is, you know, you ha- you have to learn how to make it, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. It's It's a lot of time.
0: I think like, I think that it's like a new, like for to, it's like a new refreshing way for me to share content. You know, like I feel like when Mm -hmm. you have to create photos for five or six days a week to put on your feed and you're always trying to think like, how can I do something new and how can I do something exciting? Like the reels are just another way to like you're saying, like be creative, Try something different. Try and entertain people. Um, So yeah, so I'm team reels. I like them. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: So do you feel like at any point you've made a dedicated effort to grow your following? And if so, what did you prioritize
0: in order to do that? Yeah, I think what I've learned that's helped me the most is like you need to be a good active Instagram participant Um, and this is almost just like kind of back to the algorithm but I think just in general of being like I almost want to call it like a good friend but I feel like you you can't just post a picture and expect people to like your photo and not give back in return so Mm -hmm. I really do make a conscious effort to Go on my feed a few times a day, like and comment on the photos of the people who I follow because I really enjoy following them. Um, People who comment on my photo, I I also try and click into their account and comment on their most recent photo just to be like, hey, thanks for supporting me. Like, I'm so happy to support you as well. Um, And I think that's really helped me a lot, like, not even in just engagement and growing followers but like really connecting with people like I feel like I really have so many Instagram friends that I've never met in real life and maybe I will never meet most of them but I feel like I could always like message them at any time because we really do like chat <laughs> chat on Instagram all the time so yeah um, I feel like that's something that I've learned because I think in the past I did used to just like throw throw up a photo and I wasn't on using Instagram as much because I was working. So it was like really hard to balance, but um, I've definitely noticed a difference um, in terms of becoming, I guess, like more of an active participant.
1: I love that you said be a good friend. I feel yeah. like that's such a cute way of putting it. Cause that's so true. You're, you're supporting them. You're being, you know, reciprocal to them. I used to call it flirting. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah sure. like, like the old school poke, you know, on, on Facebook, it's almost like that, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of flirting with them.
0: (laughs) No, it is. It's true. But I think you, even just like in life, like you, you get what you put out, you know? So Mm -hmm. I feel like if you're being kind to others and you're supporting others and then like that, like you'll get that back in return. For sure.
1: Um, what would you, do, do you have any rules for posting? I know you mentioned like it's, sometimes it's hard to be able to put up five or six recipes a week. Is that sort of a goal
0: for you of posting a certain amount of times per week? It used to be, um, with two kids now, it's definitely tough. Um, where there's sometimes I have weeks where, you know, I would like to try and get, Four or five posts up a week because again, like this is a business for me now. It's my job. So I have to take it seriously if I want to keep working with brands. Um, but I also am not like killing myself. I guess I'm not going to post something just to post it, is I guess like where I am right now. So it's not really about the number. If I have content for the week, amazing. But there's sometimes weeks where I just like I don't really have Much like the picture that I was going to try and take of my toddler son, he wasn't, (laughs) wasn't participating or the recipe didn't work out. And I just, you know, then I don't post as much that week because I'd rather give more quality content than just throwing pictures up to throw them up.
1: What would you say, uh, if you were able to give advice to anybody who might be first starting out, I know that it's a much different space these days, um, for somebody who's a you know a little bit newer, um, but what advice would you give somebody who is looking to kind of grow their following or establish themselves in as a as an influencer as a content creator?
0: Recognizing that Instagram is is not oversaturated, like there is a place for you, and I think you kind of have to stay confident in that and really just being yourself. So I think looking to other other accounts that you really look up to and finding inspiration from them. But don't try and be them because you you aren't them. You're your own person. And I think people, I even just think about like the people that I like to follow are probably the people that you like to follow are the ones that like, they really know themselves. I don't know. Do you find that? Like I find absolutely who are like really confident in their topic. They know their niche. They know who they are. Like I feel more comfortable following them Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't matter like the amount of followers doesn't matter um and yeah I think it's also like you might not get it right right away and that's also okay too like even my account like I used to be literally only recipes like restrictive recipes (laughs) and I have evolved and completely changed and now I am essentially more of a mom account but I I really feel like this is like where I belong, I'm in like the most comfortable place right now with my content. And I think that it also shows. So, um, yeah, it's like, it's okay to try new things and kind of see what works for you, but just always like stay true to who you are. I love that.
1: Um, speaking of inspiration, do you feel like you seek out information or inspiration within the platform for, either your own content or your own like recipes?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like you see how people make like mood boards. It's that kind of, um, I will save photos of people who have like a really good pose or like a good photo idea and, um, you know, or maybe like a good recipe idea, but then you have to put your own spin on it. Or sometimes I'll just make, their recipe and credit them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like you're always looking for inspiration for a- and anywhere that you see. But um, I feel like it's it's just making sure, again, like back to that point, um, you have to do it in your own way. For sure. Do you have a favorite recipe
1: that you've made or like a go-to that you just keep going back to? Oh
0: my God, my recipes are so... I don't even want to call them recipes. (laughs) (laughs) So easy that like, I feel like they're not like, they're more just like ideas. Um, But I feel like the types of things that I'm posting now are like a broccoli grilled cheese or um, like a Trader Joe's, like two or three ingredient recipe, like something that is just, you are done with work for the day and you just want to like whip dinner up and you don't feel like making anything elaborate but you still want to kind of include some vegetables and you want it to be healthy but you want it to be good like that's like my niche right now and I feel like I for the recipe portion I'm I'm not even doing like as much recipe research as I used to I just kind of make what I feel like making during the week and then like hopefully one of those (laughs) is (laughs) worth it for me to be like hey this is a great idea Um, this tasted really good I think people will like it and then I'll snap a photo and share that one.
1: The amount of times that I Google like healthy, quick recipes, it's yeah. astronomical. That's honestly like it's the best true. way to do it. Nobody has time. Nobody wants to, I mean, I yeah. shouldn't say nobody, but like, you know, it takes a lot of it? effort to make a, a an elaborate meal,
0: you know? Yeah, no, it's true. And I think that was actually one of the things that people used to say, like, oh, like, I wish I loved cooking like you. And like, I was like, I don't like to cook. (laughs) Like, like, I feel like because I'm posting all of these recipes, like people must think I like love to cook, but I actually, I like to eat. (laughs) I like to eat healthy, but I'm not like someone, you know, some people do, they love to spend an hour in the kitchen and make these really elaborate meals, but that is, it's not me. And that was like, kind of like one of my first signs, like circling back to when I was more recipe based that I was like, you know what this, like, I feel like I'm not fully portraying like who I am. Like I I actually really do just like to get dinner done. So like if I'm going to post a recipe, I want it to be something that I like really would like to make all the time because it's so simple, not because it's gluten-free, dairy-free, like, etc.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. Like – I I'm on a similar wavelength of like I actually do enjoy putting things together and spending time kind of crafting a recipe but
0: it's yeah. not realistic
1: for me to eat that way all the time and so I feel like I I right. don't put that out there all the time of like what I'm actually eating because it's quote unquote boring to look at but there's ways to like you know bring it to life a little bit more to your point and just show like the realness of of what it is that you are eating in in the hopes that somebody else will be inspired by your simple meal, you know?
0: For sure. I think that, again, like it comes back to like the Instagram stories. It's like, that is where I feel like, not that you can't put it on your your feed, you definitely can, but like the quick snaps of like just the random things that you're having throughout the day, like I I always just try and include it on my story because it's that's just... Um, again, where people, it's like much more relatable and it's where I get ideas too. Like someone can put, put like cottage cheese on an English muffin one day. I'm like, that's genius. Like, <laughs> like, Groundbreaking. Uh, exactly.
1: So, um, so yeah. Um, I want to pivot a little bit into the speech therapy corner of your life for a little yeah. bit. Um, I, I think that you referenced it as being a speech pathologist. Um, tell me a little bit about that. What does that mean exactly?
0: Yeah, so speech pathologist, speech therapist, you can use, um, there's a fancy term and a non-fancy term, but uh, <laughs> essentially our job is to assess and treat um you know children all the way through geriatrics in there's actually a number of different areas so it's speech it's language it's swallowing and feeding there's voice disorders um cognition and um it's like one of the things that I love so much about my field is I think sometimes when I say I'm a speech therapist people are like oh okay so you can you fix a lisp. <laughs> and I'm like, I can, you know, that's one of the things that I work on, but there's actually so many different areas to go into. So it's a really broad field, um, which is what I love.
1: Yeah. Um, what's the, I, I'm always so fascinated by kind of what amount of schooling entails for a lot of these, you know, health related um, industries. What, what, What was the schooling like? Um, Where did you go? How long was
0: the degree? Yeah, so I went to college for speech pathology. Um, So I went undergrad um, to UConn um, for communication disorders and then graduate school at UMass um, for speech pathology. Wow. So six years total. Did you do any type of like... um,
1: internship while you were in school to
0: like get into the field first you I so my best friend from high school her mom is a speech pathologist and I remember when it was time to apply for college like junior year and I was trying to like think of what I wanted to be when I grew up I was like all right well let me shadow you like that seems like something I might want to do and I just like literally picked the career and went to school for it. So it wasn't until grad school that I really started to do like my clinical internships. And like, I was just like, I, you know, now I'm in grad school for it. So I really hope I like it. Uh, Undergrad, Like I just really was fascinated by um, a lot of the classes that I had undergrad, like I really love the neurology. And I just, I don't know, I kind of knew, or hoped, I guess, that it would be a field that I really love. And thankfully it worked out cuz i really like my job. Yeah, that's amazing. Um
1: so pre um maternity leave, possibly pre-covid, what was kind of like a a day in the life for you? Are you in um yeah, where do you work out of? What what does that kind of look like?
0: Yeah, so now i actually own my own private practice. Um and so i was working um, since I've had kids, I've just been doing my private practice. Um so I see uh, I'm in pediatric, so I see children either in their homes or in their schools um, right around where I live, which is awesome. Um, before that, I was working in um, the special needs preschool placement for six years. Um, and I've also worked in early intervention, which is birth to three population. The little wow. the little guys, yeah. Um how do this is maybe a silly question how do people find you um for so for my practice most people i think find me either like kind of word of mouth through where i live because i'm in a small community um or so the practice that i started it was actually with one of my um my best friends and we started in manhattan and we actually went like door to door in the city to pediatric um pediatrician's offices and private schools and like knocked on the door and introduced ourselves and like gave information about our practice. So we like totally hustled to get our information out there, but then it was great because then we got on referral lists and now um, like we get referrals that way. That's so cool. A little like guerrilla yeah. marketing. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: We were like, we're just going to like hit the streets. <laughs> That's so amazing. Um, So when we briefly spoke before, excuse me, this interview, you talked a little bit about um, some imposter syndrome that you were having when people ask you the question, what do you do for a living or what do you do? Um, And you were saying that you felt like you needed to lead with the fact that you were a speech therapist without making any nod towards what you do on spinach for breakfast. Um, maybe you can expand on it a little bit more or better than I can, um, but would love to hear kind of what your feelings are on that and if or how you're continuing to
0: evolve. Yeah, so that it's definitely something that I have been working on personally, because like you said, if someone asks me what I do for a job, I say I'm a speech therapist and I like wasn't even mentioning my Instagram account. And one day I was like, why? why am I not mentioning that job? And I think it was because now I'm, I'm really only doing <laughs> that job um, because I'm not back to work um, as a speech therapist yet. I'm going to go back in the fall. And so I really had to dig into why I was feeling that way. Like, do I feel like my job as a speech therapist is, is more – Worthy than my job as an uh, Instagram content creator. Um, So um, yeah, so it's something I've really been trying to work on myself because you know both businesses, they're both businesses. I've built them both from the ground up. Um, They both require a lot of work. You know, it's something that I make. I make an income from both of them. Like honestly, I make more of an income from Instagram than I do my speech job working part time. So I. I'm trying to be, like, more proud of that, I guess. Um, and maybe it's the fear of saying you're an influencer or a content creator. You kind of get that, like, eye roll from people. Like, I don't know. Maybe I think people don't fully understand what goes into that job, I guess. hmm Absolutely. When When you have the
1: backing of, you know, you got a degree in something or yeah. – Something that's a little bit more "quote unquote" established, right? Mm-hmm. It, it sounds safer and more like bragworthy to lead with that because yeah. that's kind of what everyone talks about as their "what do you do" or your career. But to your point, you're brand that, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're putting in so much effort into this other space mm-hmm. of your life, and sounds like you're killing it, <laughs> which is which is awesome. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a weird little, like, um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's almost like people are, are embarrassed or ashamed to have that be something that contributes to their life in some real way, you know? For sure. So,
0: and I think it's kind of what we were talking about before where I was like, how many followers am I going to need to have to feel confident enough to say, you know, I... I'm a content creator on Instagram. And like, that is my job, even though it like literally is my job. (laughs) I, you know, I, it used to be like, Oh, when I have 20,000 followers, I'm going to feel like I am established. And I'm like, no, if I have 50,000 followers now, I'm like, maybe when I have a hundred thousand followers, then I can be like, "I, I have this Instagram account and I just, I don't, I can't put a number on it. You know, like that. I have to do away with that feeling of, I, I haven't made it yet until I have X amount of followers or X amount of engagement Um, and just be like really proud of myself and proud of where I came from and proud of what I've created and like just kind of own that. And I think like having confidence in that. And again, like circles back to the content that you put out there and like being confident in that, like people can feel that. So, so personal, (laughs) personal journey and goal of mine that I've been, I've been really trying to work on.
1: Yeah. I love that. I love that.
0: Um,
1: get a little bit of, uh, safe space in your head to feel like you're, you're doing the right, you're doing all the good things and everything will come back to you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, so pivoting a little bit into more like family life. Um, I'm sure it's been a bit of an adjustment for you obviously with a lot of, you know, a lot going on in the world right now, a lot of changes happening for you personally. Um, how are you managing with two kids and, uh, a full-time job and a part-time job and, um, a pandemic, you know, how do you, how do you feel like you are keeping everything together or not sometimes? <laughs>
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, you know, I kind of just always go back to the fact that like, I'm grateful to have two healthy kids. I'm grateful for the life that I have right now. I'm grateful that I have two jobs that I love. Like When things get really stressful or things are tough, I just, I circle back to that, you know, like, yeah, it's challenging, but I'm so happy to be in the position that I'm in right now that- I can't, you know, I can't complain. I have nothing to be down about, I guess. And um, I think balancing, I've always kind of juggled a lot. Like I think even when I was working full time, like I was working really long hours as a speech therapist when I was working in the special needs schools and building my private practice and I was getting home late and then, then trying to do Instagram. So it's always been a lot. I've just kind of pivoted things in and out. So now I'm not working as much as a speech therapist, but I have two kids and it's just kind of a balancing act. I just try and stay as organized as possible and also as flexible as possible. And I think like the balance of those is what really helps. Yeah. Do you feel like
1: your transition of having no kids to one to one or one to two was more difficult for you? This
0: so is the way people always ask this question. Um, for me, <laughs> one to two
1: was to a two. lot
0: harder. I think zero, yeah, zero to one, like our lives changed of course, but I think because where we live, we live in a city essentially, like we still kind of, did everything that we wanted to. We just like took our son with us or we got a babysitter. Like, but I feel like it wasn't, we still were able to like go out and do stuff. Um, I think now like with two kids, like both of those things are harder. It's hard to harder to bring two kids um, out with you and also like getting someone to watch two kids. Like it just makes it more challenging. Um, I think also just at home, like there's really not a second Of a break because someone's always someone's always awake. Someone always needs me, (laughs) so it's a great problem to have. But I definitely, for me, like it's it was a lot more stressful, especially my maternity leave this time with Kaya, but also having Luca, who was you know just turning two. Like it was it was a lot for me. Um, what do you think some of the
1: best parenting advice was that you've been given?
0: Um, I know, I feel like just knowing that you're not going to get it right. Like nobody gets it right all the time. There's no perfect parent. Um, even if they might seem that way, like you're going to mess up, you're going to try something and it's not going to work out. And just knowing like, it's okay. You know, like that, I feel like has really been the best advice for me, like not stressing if I, if I don't do the right thing. Yeah.
1: Um, and I'm sure that goes to like a lot deeper of the details of like, I don't know, things that I don't even think about just myself getting ready, but like, am I, am I enabling them to get dressed in a certain way? Am I enabling them to do this? Am I hindering them from doing a certain thing? If you overthink it, like I think sometimes
0: when parents give, it's something that I am very cautious of in terms of my like content on Instagram as well, because there's no one right way to do things. And I think sometimes if someone's like, oh, you should, you should really do it like this, or you should really try it like this. And then if it doesn't work out for you or you can't do it all the time, like then you start to feel bad about yourself. Like, Oh my gosh, there's these other great moms who can do this. Like, why can't I do it? So I think like, again, like it's, I'm a very, like, I do me, but you do you type of thing. Like my kids are my kids, but your kids are, your kids are different. Your kids are your kids. So what works for me isn't might not work for you. And I try and remember that when other moms are trying to give me advice, like, that's, I love that that worked for your child and I hope it works for mine. But if it doesn't, like, it's nothing that I did wrong. It's just my kids are different. So yeah. like, keeping that, like, keeps everything, like, low. I'm all about low stress, low pressure. Like, that's <laughs> my vibe. So, like, as much as I can keep, like, my stress level and anxiety level down, the better. So that, like, usually helps me. Do you get a lot of unsolicited advice or people –
1: online telling you you're doing that wrong or try this instead? You no, know
0: I don't. People, I have to say, are like really nice to me. Um, I don't really get like the the mean comments yet. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I don't know. Like people, people are really nice. And I think if people do try and give me advice, like they approach it in a really nice way. And I'm always open. Like I, if someone sees something that I'm not doing right? Or they have any suggestions? Like I'm always open to that. Um, because I don't know any, everything, obviously I don't have, I don't, I'm not close to knowing everything. So I always welcome advice and I ask questions a lot too. Um, but I I do have to say, um, that 99.9% of like the DMS and messages that I get are always, um, are always very nice.
1: That's great. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, people can be so ruthless. I know. Um, especially hiding behind, you know, a fake name or God. whatever. Like, I even got a couple people who, you know, I put out there on my Instagram of like, oh, I'm interviewing Maria tomorrow. Let me know what you want to see. I got two very fake candles that were just like asking me the most random questions. I'm like, who are you? You know, you don't even exist. <laughs> um, but I'm, no, I'm glad. that is. I'm glad.
0: Yeah. And I, I do. I feel bad for the, anyone that's on there that gets like those negative comments or negative messages. Like that's, that's really hard. Like, I think you have to remember that, you know, these are real people who are putting themselves out there and, um you know like you're very entitled to your opinion but i think you just have to again like approach things with kindness like you're never you're not going to get anywhere being mean i just that's just yeah yeah i don't know
1: i somehow feel bad for those people who feel the need to go out of their way to be mean or or say something like i saw a really funny uh video the other day about a girl's decision to unfollow somebody, but Mm -hmm. she, you know, it was a very over uh, dramatized way of being like, Oh, but I have to now go tell the girl that I'm going to go unfollow her. And I'm going to say this about, I don't like her content. So I'm unfollowing now, you know, and it's like, all of that is so unnecessary. So I'm glad that the majority of what's coming
0: your way is good vibes. (laughs) Yeah. and that's The thing about Instagram is like, I feel like, when people kind of post that content of like, you know, I had to take a break from Instagram because it was like really getting me down. Like, then take a look at who you're following. Like that should never, like that shouldn't happen. Um, Unfollow the people that are getting you down and find new accounts that are, that make you feel really good, you know? And I feel like that is the beauty of Instagram. You don't have to follow everyone. You can, you can choose what you want to see on your feed. Um, And I think sometimes people are, afraid of that but um yeah and again like I'm definitely not for everyone and I'm I'm okay with that like I I know that (laughs) it's okay
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I love the saying or the quote that um is you know you can be the sweetest strawberry out of the bunch like the most delicious ripe Mm -hmm. strawberry and still there's going to be somebody who hates strawberries
0: or is allergic
1: to strawberries and it's so
0: true I like that kind yeah for sure So I think you just have to, like, it's something I've learned that a lot, again, like doing this over the years, like um, and again, just, I think, becoming more confident, like in myself, but you, you can't please everyone. um, So you really just have to create the content that is true to you. So speaking of questions that I asked um, people
1: on what they would like to hear from you, there's only a couple that we haven't touched on. Um, but someone would like to know how you approach food with your kids. Do you try to get them to eat a certain way? Um, and what do you do if they don't like something that you make? And by that, I think they're talking about Luca.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So that, um, I actually have from my job as a speech therapist, a background in feeding therapy, pediatric feeding therapy. So I've learned a ton. Um, and again, back to kind of my like low pressure, low stress approach. It's it's how I am with my kids. So I feel like for Luca, um, he is a really great eater, but I've always been... Um, very cautious of not pushing him. Like food needs to be something really positive. Meal times need to be something really positive. Um, he eats whatever we make. So I try not to be a short order cook, which basically means that if I'm making tacos and he says, I don't want tacos, I'm not running to the kitchen to then make him a grilled cheese. So I don't want him to know that he can just start to say, no, I don't want this. And I'm going to magically get what I want. But I do always make sure that I'm giving him something that he likes. So I use those plates that have three sections. Two of them, I always make sure there's something that I know he likes. The third one might be something he either doesn't prefer, or it might be something new. But he knows that there's not going to be pressure to eat it. And I think that that has been the biggest thing. Because once there's pressure, then sometimes the children might, the child might see the plate and be like, Oh my god, I'm not even take this whole plate away from me. My mom's going to make me eat butternut squash. and like, I don't want to touch it. Versus like, you know, it's there. I don't have to eat it if I don't want to. And like, I play it cool. Uh, Because maybe the third time or the seventh time that I give him butternut squash in that little circle, maybe he'll be like, all right, you know what, maybe, maybe I'll try it today. Um, So yeah, I think, um, you know, definitely involving your kids in times involve your kids in what you're cooking. Sit together as a family, as hard as that is. Um, I think when you're sitting and eating the same foods as your kid, um, that really helps. And um, yeah, just trying your, your best to keep everything low pressure, low stress. Sounds like maybe a follow-up question to that. Um,
1: what is his favorite meal that you make him and least favorite?
0: He would eat. Um, chicken, rice, and black beans that his nanny makes every single day forever. He loves it so much. He's a very, very good eater. Um, I'm trying to think of what he doesn't. I mean, honestly, he's a really good eater. He eats most things. The only thing that he's cautious of not eating is if he thinks something is spicy. But besides that, like he'll pretty much go for mostly anything that we eat, like even like sushi, he will all like pick apart for him. So he is very good. Kaya, on the other hand, I have to say she's only seven months and we're starting um, solids right now. And she, for different reasons, is having a much harder time eating in general. So every child is different, something to remember. I feel like she could end up um, giving me a little bit more of a hard time. So but I'm keeping kind of the same approach with her. Low pressure, low stress, and we're going to see how it goes.
1: I need to approach that in my life. Yeah. Low pressure, <laughs> low stress. <laughs> keep it down. Keep it down. <laughs> um, the last question somebody had was, do you use or what
0: filter or preset do you use on your photos? Ah, so I'm just playing around with that right now. Um, so I used to use one in Tezza. Um, It was the Indo preset and now I am using um, Disco, and I'm like playing around with it is AL1 or A6. I like use both of those um, and I'm trying to like figure out what I want the overall look to be. But um, yeah, I like it. I don't mind, obviously, because I use them, but when accounts use filters or presets, like I don't think it's hiding anything. Like it's not that I want to hide anything. It's just that I like the look of the feed. And I think, I don't know. I, I, I've just always been drawn to other accounts that have a cohesive look. I just, it's something that I prefer. Um, I like it for my account as well. And I think it's something that helps me kind of mesh like the pictures of me, my kids, food, um, it like kind of all brings it together. So yeah.
1: That's I totally agree.
0: Very aesthetically pleasing for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, I, and I also follow accounts that use no type of filter at all. Again, it's like all your preference, but it's the best thing about Instagram is we don't want everyone to look the same, you know? So, yeah.
1: Um, so I wrap up the section with a kind of a day in the life, Um. what your habits are just to get to know you a little bit more on a personal level. Um. The first being, do you have any non-negotiables for the week? Whether that's um, you know, exercise every day, meditating,
0: anything like that? Um, I do not meditate and I don't <laughs> really exercise. Um, I go for walks. So that that is something I, I do I used to love to exercise and take classes. Like I was a big class taker, um, and I feel like because of COVID, obviously. Um, and me being pregnant and having a baby, like I've just taken a huge break from that. So I would, I, I do want to pick that up again. Um, but getting outside and going for walks is my main priority for sure. I try and get fresh air every day. Usually it's taking, you know, my kids out in the stroller, um, or even just like to run, I'll make up an errand that I need to run. That's like maybe 25 minutes away of where, you know, from where I live, um, just to be able to get outside.
1: I I love walking. I'm unfortunately not in the best area to go for walks. So I have to like
0: drive to go walk, but it like makes such a difference on your day mentally. It is. It's even just to go out and run to the grocery store. Like I I walk everywhere and it's just, I always notice when I get back, like that fresh air just really helps. Then I'm like, all right, now I can sit back down at the computer or kind of like tackle the next project that I have.
1: Yeah. Um, What does your morning routine typically look like? Oh my gosh it's
0: like a hot mess (laughs) I love it I love it my morning routine is attempt to shower maybe uh it is husband leaves early in the morning so for me it's just like get like it's all about my kids basically getting them fed getting you know kaya still naps in the morning getting luca dressed um we have a part-time nanny so if she's coming kind of like getting him ready for the day um and then once I kind of hit the point where either he's out of the house, I usually just have Kaya at home. Um, then I kind of sit and tackle my to-do list. I'm like a big list maker. Um, it helps me stay <laughs> calm and organized. Um, if I know like, okay, today I don't have to like think about what I have to do. I can just like check this list and try and see if I can get a few things done. Lifesaver. There's, really. no, there's no morning yoga and, uh, journaling <laughs> in my morning, whatsoever. which by the
1: way, which by the way is perfectly great mm-hmm. and fine. Yeah.
0: Um, like I'm I- coffee and then I drink it usually when it's cold. So like that's, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> whatsoever. Um, yeah. yeah. You're like, that's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: how about a wind down or evening routine? So
0: at night when the kids are to bed, go to bed, um, my husband and I usually like to watch a show. Like that's like kind of our routine, like usually a glass of wine, we'll sit on the couch, we'll watch like an episode of two or two of something. And then um, I am always usually reading a book. So sometimes I will then like read for half an hour um, before I go to bed. But that's, that's usually our like time that we get to spend together um, because he's working during the day. So I don't usually get to see him.
1: Oh, I did notice that you're a big book reader. What are you reading right now? Right now, I am
0: reading uh, *The Midnight Library*, and hmm. I, I like it so far. But I'm. What it about? It is. I actually just started it. It is actually about this girl who attempts to commit suicide, and she doesn't die. She ends up in this library that has like an infinite number of books that are all her life, her lives based on like, if she changed a decision. It's actually really cool. Uh, So she's getting to like revisit, like, if I did something different, what, how would my life end up? I don't know. I I really I'm into it. That's so interesting. I feel like it's cool. Do you do um, like a book club or anything? So I have this is like my best advice for someone who likes to read, but it has a hard time, like actually doing it pick one friend to be in a book club with. So don't do like the huge book club because I feel like those, I've tried to do them and it's just, I feel like it's hard to read sometimes like at the same pace as everybody. You might not want to read the same book as everyone. So I have this one friend, we like the same books, we read at the same pace and it's just her and I. So we'll pick a book, we'll read it, we'll kind of chat about it as we go. And then once we finish it, we automatically like download the next book and we keep going. And that has what I'm, constantly reading something so that is like that's that's my best advice for people who are like I don't I can't find the motivation like just pick one other person to read the book with and then that will help
1: yeah I love that I had always wanted to be in a book club um I don't know why that was like a life goal of mine but I started one during quarantine and it's been like the best decision ever it's like a group of you know I don't know, eight or nine of us that are on all different parts of the country, but it kind of has really brought us together. Of like actually being able to talk consistently and
0: no, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. And I feel like if you can get the group that will like actually do it, then then you lucked out. You have a good group of girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> worked out for me, but uh, <laughs> I feel like you just have to kind of find like the like-minded people, um, mm-hmm. and then um, and then it will be successful. Totally.
1: Um, last question for you. I save the best for last. Um, so one of the main goals of this podcast that I try to kind of break down the barrier on is the term success. I feel like at least for me growing up, it was always kind of this one track of here's what you need to do in order to become quote unquote successful. Um, so, would love to know your take on personally what does the word success mean to
0: you? Yeah, I think, um, in I think you kind of have to look at the big, bigger picture. So, I think like in life, success is happiness. Um, if you are happy with what you're doing, if you're proud of, self, of yourself for what you're doing and what you've created, then like you are successful. And I feel like there, there's no magic number. Um, it, it's kind of going back to like the Instagram thing or the speech practice where I, you know, my goal was I want my own private practice and then I'll be successful. And then I, I got my own private practice. And then now I'm like, okay, well now I want to be specialized in this certain technique and then I'll be successful. Or I want to have a hundred thousand followers and then I'll be successful. And I I think there's a great aspect to pushing yourself and motivating yourself. Um, I think it's something I've learned from living in Manhattan for six years. Like you're always striving to do better and do more, but along the way you have to recognize that you have succeeded and you have to be proud of yourself and like give yourself a pat on the back you know, with, within all of those steps along the way, um, it's, it's not just this unobtainable end goal. So, yeah, I think, you know, I'm happy with both my jobs. I'm happy with, um, you know, where I am right now. So I think that that is what I am counting for myself as, as success.
1: I really love that. Um, And I don't normally expand on what people say just because it's so simply put. But for me, I always was told, like, you have to make sure that your parents are proud of you, which is a really lovely idea. But I think people get lost in the fact that you have to also be proud of yourself. Yeah. So I really love that you pointed that out. That was a really great
0: reminder. For sure. Because sometimes you might not be doing exactly what your parents might want you to do. And I'm lucky Mm -hmm. to have two amazing supportive parents for both of my jobs, but you know, that that's not always the case for everyone. So, um, yeah, you really have to be proud of yourself. Um, and if you love what you're doing, then like you've made it. So good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Love that.
1: Um, before we wrap up, um, can you tell us where we can find you, your
0: social handle website? Yeah. So it is at spinach number four breakfast, um, is my handle. So spinach for breakfast. Um, and then my website is spinachforbreakfast.com, Although it is very outdated, but it still has, um, most of my recipes on there but we are we're going to be doing a major facelift soon oh nice
1: yeah. have to check that out yeah. i'll be sure to note everything in the show notes as well for people to find you um thank you. and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule um to sit down and chat with me it was so nice yeah. to get to know you a nah. little bit better and and get a new friend
0: Yes, absolutely. I know, you're the sweetest. Um, Thank you so much for having me on. Of course.